Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. And away goes Hesh with Briere. Pass to Briere. The pass to Briere. Briere steps, shoots, scores! The Cookie Monster strikes again. Top shelf. Buffalo wins it overtime. Another great call from RJ. And we'll be playing those throughout the course of the afternoon. Mentioned Paul Hamilton will be joining us about an hour from now. Here in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia. Bills preseason football tomorrow night. 6.30 kickoff here on the Fan Rochester. We welcome in Chris Mack from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, our Odyssey Sports sister station. You also hear Chris as part of the BetQL network. Chris, always love having you on. How's preseason been for the Steelers so far? Not bad first week. Not bad at all, guys. Kenny Pickett went out, led a successful drive. Nobody seriously hurt. Uh, That's considered, I think, a successful first week of the preseason. So, so far, so good. Yeah, I, so I look at the Steelers, and I'm wondering, like, here in, in Western New York, you know, the Bills went 13-3, and three, but we still have conversations about Ken Dorsey. I guess it's true in any NFL market, right? Hey, is our offensive coordinator really the right guy? And we push back, and I'm like, are you looking at the stats? They were good last year. What, what's the relationship right now between Steeler fans and offensive coordinator Matt Canada? Oh, relationship. Um, that's an interesting <laughs> word. Um, it, it's, you know... People were surprised that he was kept around after last year's performance. But to be honest, it did make some sense from an organizational perspective for two reasons. One, Mike Tomlin is fiercely loyal to his assistants, especially a guy who he's got a personal relationship with like Matt Canada. And then also because they really didn't want to upset the apple cart as far as Kenny Pickett's first full NFL offseason of development went and force him into learning a new system, learning new uh, nomenclature for for the playbook, learning everything all over again when he had already had that half season head start, as it were. Uh, So that really, I I think Matt Canada can thank Mike Tomlin's loyalty and having a rookie soon-to-be second-year quarterback in his back pocket for his job security as much as anything else. I think this year is a bit of a 
prove it year for him because if he can't help Kenny Pickett grow more than incrementally, if if Kenny Pickett should stagnate, if Kenny Pickett should even regress instead of progress, then I think that's going to be something that would above and beyond putting Matt Canada on the hot seat could have his job in question. Chris, you have weapons for Pickett too. Pick ins uh, with the touchdown pass or the touchdown catch against a good Bucks defense in that one series that we saw out of the Steelers starters on offense uh, just last week. Just how spectacular is Pickens, and what's the projection for him here in year two in Pittsburgh? I mean, guys, it, it, there's no such thing as an uncatchable ball with this guy. The, the catch radius is the zip code uh, that he happens to be in. It's just. Anything close, he is. if he can get his hands on it, he's going to catch it. And I think they've got to decide. You know, the, the, the philosophy of this team coming into this year, I think, was let's not ask the second-year quarterback to do too much. Uh, people don't like the term game manager, but let's ask him to manage the offense. Let's lean on the running back who we drafted in the first round a couple years ago because Najee Harris looked much better in the second half last year than he did the first half. Let's count on an improved offensive line. They go out and sign Isaac Sayamalu. They draft Broderick Jones, who hasn't even won the starting job yet because Dan Moore Jr. on the left side has done such a good job of holding Jones off. And let's ask our defense, our all-world defense, at least as far as the amount of money that we've poured into it and the recognizability of the names, Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, Micah Fitzpatrick, Patrick Peterson, Let's ask that defense to maybe give our young quarterback some short fields and not uh, require him to put up 27 points every week. So that's, that's the organizational philosophy coming into this season. But I do think between the superlative work of George Pickens and uh, to be honest, you know, Deontay Johnson is still a steady hand. Pat Fryermuth is steady in the middle of the field. Uh, but they've added this young tight end from Georgia that they got in the third round, Darnell Washington, who's an absolute mountain of a human, but runs routes like a wide receiver. Um, they've got some big play guys. You know, Calvin Austin the third, who they drafted out of Memphis over a year ago, is finally healthy. He's a big play guy. He can take the lid off things, that, much the way he did in week one of the preseason against Tampa. So they've got to decide, you know, how much are they willing to roll the dice and how much are, are they willing to ask their quarterback as much as they want him to manage games to try and piece together eight, nine, 10, 11 play drives in order to get in the end zone and score points. I think Pickens has that rare ability, much like Antonio Brown uh, here years ago, to take over games. And the best we've ever seen the Steelers offense function in franchise history was when Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Ben Roethlisberger were at the helm. Now, that's a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame talent in Antonio Brown, at least if he ever actually makes the the Hall of Fame or not, that's debatable because of his off-field nonsense. But here nor there, it was because they funneled Brown the football a dozen times a game if they could. George Pickens is going to be that guy eventually. I don't know if it's this year, if it's at some point, Throughout the season, they finally realize he's that guy when it happens, but it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Chris Mack, uh, 93.7, the fan. Also, you hear him on the BetQL network. So, Chris, this is the year, time of year everybody's optimistic, no matter who you are. But mm-hmm. um, 
boy, if we were just being honest about the Steelers this time last year, uh, okay, <laughs> you'd like, okay, Mitchell Trubisky, and you're handing off the keys at some point. And then even the year before that and the year before that with Roethlisberger, and, you know, he sought us at this point. So my question is the level of optimism or the level of, like, what would be the ceiling here for the Steelers this year? And how high has it been in recent years? This has to be the highest since what? The AB, what, 2019, 2018, maybe? Yeah, you know, I think going into the season, certainly the expectations are as high as they've been during a preseason since, yeah, you're probably right, like 2019, which would have been the first year. No, you know what? Probably 2018, because that was the last year of Antonio Brown. And, and 19, people didn't quite know what to expect. 2020 was what it was. It was the weird uh, COVID year, and they actually did get off to an incredibly hot start, you know, 11-0. and 0. Um, 2021, we knew it was the swan song for Ben. 2022, we knew we had a rookie quarterback. I think because of that exponential growth that some people expect from Pickett, their expectations are probably a little outsized, to be honest. I think this is still probably a nine, maybe if everything breaks right, 10-win team. I think it's going to take 10 wins to get into the playoffs in the AFC because of how stacked things are. Because you've got Miami, because you've got the Chargers, because you've got Baltimore. And those are just wild card caliber teams, right? That's not even mentioning Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and whoever wins the South by default. So there you go. There's seven playoff teams, and I imagine each one of them is probably favored to win double-digit games. And we haven't even gotten to the Jets, who could be a dark horse, or the Browns, who could be a dark horse. So it's going to be tough to make the playoffs, is my point, and I don't think the Steelers necessarily should be expected to win that enough games to get into the playoffs. Again, it will require, I think, most things breaking the right way, the line improving and staying healthy. Uh, the same goes for Najee Harris, improving and staying healthy. The defense having a nice high turnover margin in working in concert with, with Kenny Pickett. I, I think that's probably asking for too many things to go right for them to get to that point. But there are people who, like you said, you know, it's that time of year. They see a couple good things in a preseason game. They get quality reports back from training camp practices, and they want to believe that all of a sudden this is an 11-win team. It's possible. I just don't think it's probable. Chris, TJ Watt, I think, is such a, a, a critical piece, obviously, to the defense. And when he was gone last year, the, the team felt it. I, I actually have been saying all offseason, I think Pittsburgh is a playoff team. I think that defense is legit. I think that Kenny Pickett will make improvements. And I think they can get to that 10-win threshold that you're talking about in order to make it to the postseason. And the other reason why I say it with kind of conviction and confidence, and, and you know, I've Steeler friends, Steeler fan friends who you know point this out and it's if you watch the team enough you see it it feels like they always play up or down to the level of their competition that no opponent is too tough and no you know underdog should be should be you know every underdog you're going to kind of play down to that as well which is maddening it's mike tomlin's Steelers. i mean mike tomlin it, how is he viewed by by Pittsburgh today? I mean, is is he polarizing as a figure? Do fans, you know, would they rather have somebody else in there? I mean, I, I just as an outsider, kind of view Tomlin as like, no, I'd want that guy as my coach. He's got a pretty good track record, and maybe there's some detailed things that fall through the cracks, but he feels like the right guy for that team for as long as they'll have him. Yeah, you know, he is a somewhat polarizing figure. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely grant you that. And that's because, you know, expectations for Steeler fans are 
all over the place. You know, some people, uh, to be quite honest, they may be younger and they may look around the rest of the NFL landscape and say, hey, let's just get to the playoffs and see what happens. And that seems to be, to be quite honest, the organizational philosophy over the last half decade or so. Let's just get to the playoffs and see what happens. I, I think a lot of us as fans can acknowledge that Mike Tomlin is a great head coach while also acknowledging that that's not good enough. Um, and that the last six years without a playoff win have been vastly disappointing. This is a team that, whether it sounds entitled or, or spoiled or not, this is a team that fans here and worldwide, wherever Steeler fans happen to be, expect to be a Super Bowl contender more often than not. And when they haven't won a playoff game for over a half decade, it leads to a lot of questioning of tactics, of methods, of, okay, we've pushed past the aging uh, now out-the-door out Hall of Fame quarterback. We've pushed out the diva wide receiver. We've become more defense-oriented and focused, but it's also top-heavy on defense, so that if you do lose a T.J. Watt or a Minka Fitzpatrick for more than a handful of games, maybe you don't quite have the depth to backfill. And I think there's always going to be a question when this team doesn't get to, say, a conference championship game. People are going to look back on it as a failure of the season, whether it actually was based on the roster or not. And that's just what comes with the expectations of working for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you're Mike Tomlin. He understands that, uh, but he also, I think, uh, he, he's also aware of his standing around the league, right? He'd be, he'd be crazy not to know that, if for whatever reason, and this will never happen, he's, he's, got a, he's like a Supreme Court justice at this point. It's his job until he steps down. Um, but if, if for some reason he were let go by the Steelers, he'd have a job before he got in his car in the parking lot, right? Because people respect him that much. And I'm not telling anybody not to respect him that much because he gets the most, it feels like, out of his rosters more often than not. It's just the question of can he push a talented roster and this is one you mentioned, the skill position players on offense, the weapons that Pickett has at his disposal, the high-end name talent, the marquee talent on defense. Can he get the most out of it this year? And, and the most out of it would be win me a playoff game. I think that would be more than satisfying to most Steelers fans. The, the Bills open on uh, Monday night, which that's nice, Chris, because for the rest of us, it's Sunday. Like, <laughs> wow, we get to just watch football day, and I'm looking at the schedule, and wow, that's an interesting opener. San Francisco yeah. and Pittsburgh, and I'm looking at the lines. Wait a second. The Steelers are getting – they're getting three points. I understand people are high on San Francisco – in, like you're the expert, Beck QL. Am I crazy for thinking laying, uh, just just taking the not laying the points, taking the points with Pittsburgh at home as a home underdog? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. If it's still sitting at three or more, I'll I'll take those points too. Not because I think the Steelers are going to win, that they will win against the 49ers at home, but because it's going to be a tight ball game. Look at the way both of these teams want to play, right? They want to play defense first. They want to control the clock. They're going to ask their young quarterbacks, regardless of who it is for San Francisco, whether it's Purdy or Lance, they're going to ask their quarterbacks not to make mistakes. I mean, that's a classic 20 to 17 kind of game that somebody wins by simply ending up with the ball last and sneaking out with like a 52 yard field goal. Right? So if there's three or more on 
the uh, either side, I, I'm I'm tempted, and, and and to be quite honest, I'm surprised it's not a tighter line. Um, it, it's going to be a heck of an opener. You're right, a heck of a test for a Steelers offense that has, to be honest, shown a lot of spark, a lot of signs, not just in that first preseason game, but out at training camp. You know, Pickett looks good. You mentioned the connection with Pickens. Uh, the defense, I think I, I have some questions about communication on the back end of things with bringing a couple of new safeties in and a rookie corner and Joey Porter, who may or may not be a starter right out of the gate. So it'll be interesting to watch week one, that's for sure. And that is, that's anytime the Steelers get points at home, I think you got to ask yourself whether the opponent is actually going to be able to outscore that spread. And I think in the Niners case, you look at it and say, well, no, I mean, it's, it's the Niners. Yeah. They've got some weapons too, but if it's Purdy or it's Lance, I don't see them scoring more than 23 against a healthy Steelers defense. All right, Chris. So we have week two of the preseason Saturday with Buffalo coming in. We know that Josh Allen and the offensive starters for Buffalo play probably a quarter and a half. We also know that you'll see more of the Steelers first team offense more than the one series they played in last week's game against the Bucs. What's the expectation? How much of Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, will we see uh, come Saturday night here? I think Mike Tomlin is going to be inclined to let them stay in there until they get some points on the board, unless it becomes obvious that it's not going to happen for some reason. He doesn't want to overextend those guys because I'll be honest. I think he learned some lessons from last year when TJ Watt got his knee cut out by TJ Hawkinson in one preseason game. Najee Harris suffered a Liz Frank injury at training camp. And then Tomlin played him in, in, uh, exhibition games anyway. In the first half of the season, he stunk because he was playing with a metal plate in his shoe. I, I think he's learned some lessons from that. So I think defensively, I think you'll see a series for like the Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Patrick Peterson core of the defense, and then they'll move on. I think on the offensive side, if they go out and score on the first drive, then maybe we get one more series as a cameo. If they don't score on the first drive, I think he'll keep them in there to give them a legitimate chance to put some points on the board. So maybe most of the first quarter for the offense and maybe just a drive or two if they keep it to a couple of three and outs for the defense. Chris, while you're here, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you for your advice here and you know help us make some money here. <laughs> like as far as NFL futures, it's that time of year we're looking at this stuff. Is there a team or team? Is there a team right now you're like I'm I'm high on? They have this too low, or look go the under on this? Uh, like anything you're noticing that doesn't seem quite right to you? So there are two teams, and look, these are going to sound like what my friend Jeremy Kahn in Baltimore, also on the BetQL network, calls vomit plays, but. <laughs> They are teams that nobody is going to sign up to join the bandwagon anytime soon. But they've got young quarterbacks that I think with the weapons around them can do more than is expected of them. And that's Sam Howell in Washington, who was just named the starter today. And you see somewhere around seven wins on the board for them. And Bryce Young, to be honest, in Carolina, if that offensive line, if if last week's preseason opener for the Panthers was what I think it was, which was just a, a single, a singular bad performance, and they actually get some things together as that unit gels, I don't, neither one of those teams is going to the playoffs. But I think both teams have a chance, and both quarterbacks have a chance to really get people to stand up and take notice. And we could be looking at one, if not both, of those teams 
as an eight and nine team at the end of the year that people go, oh, wait, I, I only had them down for six. They, but eight is going to beat the total in either team's case. So again, those aren't sexy plays, but I think there are a couple of teams to keep an eye on. Watch the quarterbacks in preseason. Bryce Young plays again tonight um, against a pretty good Giants defense. I don't know who will play for that Giants defense tonight, but keep an eye on how those young quarterbacks progress in the rest of their preseason work because both guys are getting a lot of it. And then I'd be tempted to take the over and wins for both of those teams and know that if everything breaks right, maybe you've cleared that number by December if they're really playing way out over their skis. Um, again, not sexy picks, but two that I have in mind in particular. All right, Chris. So we know you from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. We now know you from BetQL as well, and we get to hear you every weekend. Give us a little bit more of a, a window here when we can get more winners from you uh, this weekend here on The Fan. Uh, yeah, well, Sunday morning, the BetQL Network, uh, we will be on from 9 a.m. to noon as we are every Sunday with Five Star Weekend. Myself and Sean Marash will have you covered with a bunch of weekend bets. And obviously, this time of year, we'll be talking a ton of NFL. And we're only a week away from college football, too. And next week, uh, BetQLU will get started, which will be a one-hour show Thursday nights as well as Friday afternoons on the BetQL Network. We'll get you prepped for the whole uh, college football slate every weekend as well. So uh, find me on Twitter as well, at the Chris Mack. Chris, appreciate you. And uh, we'll, let's, let's do this again through the course of the season. Some great info. Thanks so much. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for asking me to, to come on. You got it. Chris Mack, you can hear him on the BetQL Network Sunday mornings here on The Fan. Also at 93.7, The Fan, our Odyssey Sports Sister Station in Pittsburgh. A little preview of the Bills and the Steelers and a little outlook for the Steelers 2023 season. Mike Tomlin's like a Supreme Court justice. Not going anywhere. Right. I mean, it's true. What would have to happen for the Steelers to fire Mike Tomlin? There would have to be some sort of Earth, earth-shaking scandal. It would be, yeah, either that or like back-to-back three-win seasons. Right. He, like they could go like, and they won't go, but they could like, say if they won two games this year, he's going to be safe. Th- okay. This year, yeah. Yeah, I, I doubt that that's going to happen. I, I still think the Steelers are talented enough to make the postseason. They stay healthy. That's a different team last year than what we saw. Um, the Bills had their way with them, obviously, but they had their way with them when they were without arguably the best defensive player in the NFL in uh, TJ. Oh, yeah, and Fitzpatrick shouldn't have been out there and Gabe Davis yeah. Run, but yeah, so I yeah, I don't even look at that game last year. Um, all right, let's get to I'll drink to that next. We've got some takes on tap here in the sports bar. All right, so the game I'm going to pick uh, today, Danger, I'm just going to get this out of the way because this does have survivor overtones. We're not going to hedge. <laughs> We're already looking ahead to week one, and there is something in sports right now that a lot of people are into and I'm just not and I'll explain why I think it's actually kind of a bad thing this is on our television we have um but yesterday I was telling you I I shared my opinion that um that the Miami would be one of the most if not the most disappointing team this upcoming NFL season I've got another team that I believe is destined for regression I don't know that I would say that they're going to be the most disappointing team I think they surprised a lot of people last year, and I don't think that they're going to be able to do it again this year, given what they've done. I'll explain who that team is. We've got takes on tap next in the sports bar. I'll drink to that on the way on The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.